When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Okay, welcome back to the Back Pain Solutions podcast, everybody, with me, Ben James, and as always, my co-host, Jacob Stain. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Ben. So today we're talking omega-3 fatty acids specifically. Omega-3, and we're talking about the impact that can have on your health, on inflammation, and maybe a little bit how it relates to back pain specifically, but a little bit more of a focus on general health, overall health in this episode. But before we start, as always, head on over to the website, www.smartstrong.co.uk. Take advantage of our free ebook to start taking back control of your back health in the next seven days. Some really good info and videos to help support you on your journey to back pain recovery. So, Jacob, omega-3 oils. We've we've been talking about this together. I know that you've been taking omega-3 for a while. I've started taking a, a new oil that you introduced me to. Um, took a blood test as well just to look at the ratios of omega-3 to omega-6 and been reading up on the subject a little bit myself as well. And it's quite fascinating, quite interesting how it relates to chronic inflammation and some of the diseases that we are seeing that are becoming just so much more common than they were in our ancestors. And and that's largely down to dietary changes, but the impact is, is quite far reaching, it would seem. Yes, Ben. Um, like you say, we've both done the omega-3-6 ratio tests. And what was your result? Can you remember? Yeah, my result was, it was somewhere, I, I was quite staggered actually, because I, I would say that my diet is is pretty good. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not been as, as optimal as it could be, you know, with, with certain things creeping in. I, I, I mentioned to you, I was always one when I was studying that I'd have a chocolate bar in a, in a morning as a break. It was always, it was kind of more of a psychological habit thing than anything. So there were little things that, that weren't perfect, but I would say, compared to the average, never really eat um, processed foods in terms of ready meals, any of that stuff. I, I would generally say that I cook with healthy oils like uh, olive oil. I'm using far more butter for, for cooking now than, than, than any vegetable oils, never use any of those. So I felt that my, my ratio would be pretty good. And actually it was, it was something like 23 to 1, omega-3. Omega uh, and, and when we look back in time, our ancestors kind of hunter gatherer, if you like, um, time of uh, of life, as it were. It was kind of more one to one, and and when you look at the impact of omega six, uh, in terms of chronic inflammation or inflammatory responses within the body, you can understand why so many of the proportion of the population are having some issues. Because if my diet was I thought pretty good and I'm not eating a lot of those processed foods and my ratio was, was at that level, then there's a problem, isn't there? You, 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 you were still eating fish as well. As, as yeah, you know. 
absolutely yeah correct yeah fish so on a on a weekly basis cod uh, would be would be pretty much standard for me as uh, at one meal as would sea bass so yeah and and mackerel as well uh for lunches not so regularly but um but certainly pretty frequently i would say on a monthly basis um and i guess a lot of the other foods that i thought yeah they're they're really going to be beneficial things like avocado and things which are which are healthy you've got to remember that some of those still have omega-6 in so it not it's not absolutely easy and clear exactly how um we should be necessarily for the individual changing changing diets but maybe we can introduce some key areas to focus on um as part of the podcast today just to give a bit of direction because it is it is difficult when you when you're starting out on this subject to really know uh, where where to focus your attention on when it comes to diet but but maybe the fish oils is is something specifically that would be beneficial that's certainly an area that i've introduced to to up those levels of omega-3 personally because i think you jacob have seen the benefit of doing that yourself because your ratio now is is much much closer to the one-to-one not quite one-to-one but but not a million miles away at this point yeah um and i think you've you said it there i just want to reiterate that it's i think largely to the um up to the amount of omega-6s that we get in so you know i think that's what the hunter gatherer societies in the past or still people who live in a very rural area very much in nature what they don't do is get all of these omega-6 fats in their diet so i think even if they don't get as much omega-3s in because of this really limited amount of omega-6s they have a much better ratio and so that's much better for their overall health and and the inflammatory response and all the things we're going to discuss but my initial test was uh, ratio omega-3 to 6 was 1 to 4.6 and I would eat fish not super regularly like maybe twice a week and I wasn't taking a fish oil supplement so but what I do is I don't I really I don't eat grain and so I I really limit my my omega-6 intake and so it was surprising to see that it was actually that low and my wife she did we did the test at the same time roughly and uh, we were about the same so that was interesting as well yeah that is interesting particularly that you've you kind of eat the same thing so the diet's pretty consistent so i think and just to i guess on a very basic level why is omega-3 and omega-6 ratio important well from an physiological point of view there's a competition there between omega-6 and omega-3 in terms of enzyme pathways and things and and so if you're eating too much omega-6 versus omega-3 then just can look at it that omega-6 is winning out and that's more inflammatory that's pro-inflammatory that that causes us more issues whereas omega-3 neutral uh, and therefore helps reduce uh, inflammation so at a basic level that is why the ratio is as important as just increasing your consumption of omega-3 yeah, and that's exactly that. You know, it, it's about the pro-inflammatory cytokines and the anti-inflammatory cytokines. And we need the omega-6. They're essential. It's very important. So in the beginning of an inflammatory response, we need that part of the immune system to take care of the pro-inflammatory cytokines, get the swelling there, get the healing process going. But then we need the 
anti-inflammatory cytokines, and that's up to part, partly up to the omega-3 ratio, or at least the omega-3s being present, to stop that process and get us out of the inflammatory response and move on to the, the, the end phases of the healing process. Yeah, and that, I think that's a good point. We, we often talk about anti-inflammatories and, uh, and reducing inflammation and all those, uh, those things, but actually we've got, to, we've got to always remember that inflammation is beneficial at certain points. It's, it's avoiding the chronic inflammation. This is the big problem. It's the background kind of sub-symptom sometimes inflammation that's causing the, the 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 big problems across the population so you might not know that you've got some kind of lower levels of chronic inflammation there but that's that's a key area i think is as a focus so remember that inflammation from an acute injury point of view and and um, and repair is important uh, and like you say jacob therefore omega-6 does play a role but it's more the long-term subclinical um, features that ultimately become a problem over the longer term when we're looking at chronic inflammation. So I think that's an important distinction just to make there, that we're not saying that omega-6 is all bad, but we've just got to get the balance right. And like you say, Jacob, a lot of it is is down to the grains, those kind of foods that, that we would assume to be pretty standard, pretty standard in the Western diet. People would assume that they're actually pretty healthy, pretty favorable, porridge in the morning, oats in the morning, that kind of thing. Um, so, so there's some key areas, some quick, quick wins, I guess, in terms of getting into them. They're being sold to us as being healthy, aren't they, Ben? I mean, every ad when it comes to cereals and to bread and grain and whole grain and, you know, this is great. You should take it. It's a lot of fiber. It's, it's good for your digestive system. And also the, the, there's an element of, um, you know, the, with the way that we lead our lives and the quick rushing around and so many people are so busy. The problem is that the cereals are pretty, pretty easy. Throw it in a bowl, put a bit of milk on, and off you go, and and it's quick. And that's, yeah. that's the other area that people is beneficial for people rather than taking a bit of a step back, taking a bit of time out of the week to to prepare meals for a morning and things that you can just pick up out the fridge, but they're they're ready prepared and they're much better for you. Yeah, and similarly with uh, sandwiches, you know, uh, it's just something mm. you can slap together, take with you. And, that's, and so that's an important point. It's become more an aspect of filling our stomachs with food instead of uh, getting in what we need to function properly and to feel good and to carry the amount of stress that we're experiencing in a favorable way. And I think this is just an an aspect of it, you know, uh, fixing the omega-3-6 ratio, making sure that our inflammatory response is, is normalized. Because when we look at the immune system, we don't want to, like we often hear when we see products advertised, we don't want to boost the immune system. We want to normalize the immune system. We want to normalize the immune response. So we don't end up in what you just mentioned, that chronic inflammatory state, but that we move in, repair tissue and move out. And... I think there's, for many reasons I don't know so much about, uh, also a very similar effect on the brain and emotions. And if the body is working properly, we'll be less prone to, to experience stress in a certain way. So a stress barrier will be better. And that's one of the things that I noticed when I was taking the, started taking a, a high dose of fish oil 
to to correct my omega three six ratio. Even though I wasn't too bad with the first test, within three weeks I noticed that my communicative skills and my uh, my stress barrier uh, was altered in a positive way. It was it was better uh, with my you know because I speak to patients every day. So yeah, and I think you know that's a that's a great point. I think you know this. We're, when we talk chronic inflammation, you know, when you look at now increasingly the research and the evidence out there, when we're focusing on on omega three, and again, not just omega three intake, but but the ratio between omega three and omega six, the the impact on um, so many diseases is is becoming more and more apparent. We're not just talking um, chronic inflammation and and pain, but we're talking cardiovascular disease, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and certain psychological uh, dis- disorders and and problems. So, the the impact of of considering this uh, not just as part of a back pain rep- recovery program and optimal health and and trying to avoid or control that that chronic inflammation, but overall health benefits are are staggering. And uh, so, it's got to be an increasing focus. And I'm sure you know in time we've talked about this before that nutrition will become a bigger focus in terms of preventative medicine as well as you know, treating conditions because we're just seeing more and more evidence that it's helping a lot of people. So it's, um, it's definitely an interesting area. And in terms of, Jacob, where, where to start? Because a lot of people, my, my grandparents, for example, always talked about cod liver oil and taking these capsules of oil. Uh, and actually, is that the right way to go? Is it as simple as just going into a health food store and picking up some uh, some some fish oils in the form of capsules. Yeah, I wish it was that simple. Then, um, no, it's not. There's a few things you have to look at, and uh, omega three or fish oil supplements are. It's a huge market. Uh, it's the most researched supplement on the market. I don't know if it's the most sold supplement, but it certainly is very very big so you have all these different products and you can get them in a you know you can get them from very cheap to to very expensive but there's a few things you have to look at and you know just to start off with if you if you get fish oil in the supplement uh, in a capsule supplement then you know putting that oil in a capsule already means that it's going through a heating process so there's a good chance that the oil is altered uh, oxidizes becomes useless and in some cases, if the oxidation value, because of the oil before they put in the capsule not being of good quality, it's already oxidized for a great deal, then the oxidation value will go up so high that it actually becomes toxic. And this is all this it's possible to to buy this poor quality uh, capsuled fish oil. It's it's just a, it's just a fact. So um, there's a few things you need to consider, and I think the first one is. Uh, what is the oxidation value of the oil? So preferably we want to get the oil in a bottle and we want to know the, we want the company to play complete open cards with things like, you know, when was it caught? How, what kind of fish it is? Uh, the actual EPA and DHA value, how much of this, of the omega-3 fat is in there? And the oxidation level, you know, and is that the oxidation before the processing or is it after? Because quite often they'll say, oh, this is the oxidation value and that's before they put it in the capsule. 
Yeah, so that's a that's a problem then when we're we're looking at getting supplementation alongside dietary changes. Then if capsules can, what you're saying there, if capsules could almost have a negative effect. So we're we're trying to do something and be proactive, but actually, it's it's proven less than beneficial. Yeah, and and the other thing is that quite often you'll see a very high EPA and DHA number in capsuled fish oil. And say you only need one capsule or two capsules a day, and then you actually get a, a very small amount of oil in those capsules because there's, there's very little oil in a capsule compared to when you have a, a, a bottle of oil and you pour it into a little cup and you take 5 or 10 or 20 milliliters a day. Well, what they do is then they, they through esterification, it's a method where they make more EPA and DHA in a, in a chemical way in a lab so they'll increase the EPA and DHA with a synthetic method. And so then you have a concentrated fish oil, and you have a very high uh, amount of EPA and DHA in these capsules. And then the problem becomes that we don't, we don't absorb it as well as the natural, as the natural just pure pressed fish oil. Yeah, because the EPA and the, and the DHA are important uh, elements of this omega-3. They're, they're, they're key. Uh, and that, that's an area that... If, if you're listening and you're more kind of vegetarian, vegan focused, there's often a thought that the body can convert what's in the, the vegetable oils to the EPA, DHA, but actually we do that very, very poorly. So that's a consideration. And what you're saying here, Jacob, is that the EPA and DHA are trying to be increased in the capsules, which you would think is a positive, but actually the concentration, therefore, is becoming a problem because now we can't absorb it effectively. Yes, because of the synthetic way of, of making or increasing the number of EPA and DHA in the oil, instead of it being just a very good quality, high EPA, DHA fish oil, we were being sold a fish oil capsule, which they say then, oh, this is all you need because it meets the recommended daily dose. But in fact, you're not absorbing it well because it's not actually natural anymore. Okay, got it. So what should people do then? What should people look out for? What are, if you're going into a health food store, if you're looking at fish oils or fish capsules, uh, omega-3 uh, oils capsules, what, what should we be looking for? Is it a case of avoid all capsules in your opinion? I think from, from my personal opinion, taking the fish oil in liquid format uh, makes more sense to me from a, from a natural consumption point of view anyway. As far as I'm aware, from what I've looked at, seen and uh, spoken to the people of the product that I use and I use for my patients, uh, I would go for a bottled fish oil and not, a, a capsule, not in capsule form. And, you know, then I would look for the MSC uh, mark. It's an approved sustainable fishing title that you have to, you know, if you're concerned about the environment, you have to see, you have to make sure that that's on your label and the company that's selling the fish oil actually has achieved this so that we you know so they don't just fish any fish off the, the bottom of the ocean and, and then destroying the ocean so usually then what they do with this uh, um, msc mark is they they will keep account of the fish in the area where they where they actually fish so they're not depleting the fish and so that's that's something that's important. Another thing that you have to find out is what sort of processing are they using? You know, are they 
open about it? So are they removing heavy metals? Uh, do they uh, press the fish very soon after being caught? Or is it actually staying in nets and, you know, a day will pass and then they will haul in the nets and then they'll get the fish out and then they'll process the fish and then they, they get the fish well and that'll stay in barrels for a long time before they sell it to specific companies. You know, so those are important things. A lot of factors there involved in the in the process. Uh, and in terms of the 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 parts of the fish that are that are used important is that is that an important element absolutely so there's more omega-3 epa and dha in the say the, uh, the fish bones the head the organs and the skin than in the actual meat of the fish so what you see with a lot of um uh, fish oils for example caught in uh, southern hemisphere around south america they, they catch small fish, mackerel, and other types of fish, which they use to then press the whole fish. So your EPA, DHA value is lower because the meat of the fish is included when they produce the fish oil. But if we move towards a, a cod liver oil, for example, then only the liver is being squeezed, pressed. For the fish oil, which means that you get a lot, a much higher value EPA and DHA. And some fish oils, uh, the fish oil that we use, for example, is where they they'll squeeze the the organs and the head and uh, the rest of the fish after they've removed the the fillet, the meat of the fish. And and that and that's good because you know then instead of throwing this what they call biomass overboard after they've removed the the meat of the fish they're actually now using it to make the fish well yeah so from an kind of an environmental sustainability all of that kind of good stuff it's it's a far better process all round, and you're getting a better quality all at the end of it as well so it's kind of a win yes okay and so these oils are you aware of any that have been sold in your kind of standard health food store at the moment or is that an unknown for you because i haven't come across um from what i can see any any real quality oils in the in the standard stores at present but uh, i haven't particularly been looking based on the um based on where i source it from uh, most recently so what are your thoughts on that is is it a is it a watch out for people and and where do you go if if not there i don't want to uh name a brand specifically sure uh, the only thing that I would like to say is, you know, the, the fish oil that, that we use uh, and I use for patients, it, it, it's a great product because you can actually scan the bottle and you can see when it has been caught. There's a, a camera on board that shows the process of actually catching the fish. Um, it's being squeezed within the first five hours of being caught without, uh, you know, with, without the presence of oxygen. So it has the highest or the lowest a totox, total oxidation value in the world, which is four to six. And I think these are clues. If you can email or speak to the company that you're thinking of investing or paying, because quite often it's quite expensive for your fish oil, you know, then you can, you can ask about these things. But what I do get a lot is I get when I have vegans or vegetarians or, or people who are looking for an alternative because they think it's too expensive, they don't want to invest as much then they'll email me a picture of a specific product, you know, and they'll say, what about this? What about that? And usually I'll give my criticism. I'll just say, look, 
especially when it's an, an oil that's made of an algae. The the problem there is that quite often, because it's very difficult to uh, to produce an, a good omega three, especially with the right ratio of EPA and DHA from growing algae. Uh, and so th that's the main thing. You got to make sure that you get enough EPA and DHA from your algae fish oil supplement. And so what happens is the amount of EPA and DHA in these capsules, these algae, algae omega-3 capsules, is quite low. And so you'll have to take a lot of capsules to make up for the amount you'll get from a, a well-dosaged fish oil. And so in the end, that might work you out more expensive. Yes. Yeah, fair point. So it actually, you know, it's the, the, the investment may seem high for a real quality fish oil, but actually... Ultimately, the outcome of uh, of taking that fish oil and the benefits you get at the end of it when you compare with with other options is actually ultimately economical. So it's kind of that overall cost to benefit ratio as well that we've got to look at as part of it. So don't just assume that because you've, you're doing something, it's going to be beneficial, especially if you're just taking the cheapest option, option because quite clearly that's not necessarily going to yield the results that you're after. Exactly. And the the important thing, we spoke a little bit about the research in the beginning, you know, the very, the very interesting thing about the omega-3 fish oils, especially when it comes to the research, is that it's very dose dependent. So a lot of the old studies were done with a low dosage and then they didn't see real benefits, real change. But what they're doing now is, especially with um, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and heart disease, they use very high dosages of omega-3. You're not incredibly high, but high enough so it can have a real effect. And then they have great results. And uh, that's the very, that's the, the probably the most important thing you have to know about your fish oil. Besides it being a good product, you need to get enough of it so we can get you back to that good ratio. Ideally, omega-3 to 6, a ratio of 1 to 3 or below. And then we start seeing real change, you know, yeah, and I think you, back to the evidence and the research, and you kind of alluded to the fact that the the, the higher doses, the, the a lot of the older studies, or certainly some of the studies, didn't actually take into consideration omega six, and therefore, you know, if that's not controlled or at least quantified as part of the research, then that's going to influence the the outcome and the the evidence that we that we see. But increasingly now, like we said at the beginning uh, of the episode. The, the impact of omega-3 on so many areas of health is becoming more and more apparent. So we're talking cardiovascular disease, as we say, autoimmune disorders, Alzheimer's, all those inflammatory conditions, and as well, you know, uh, losing weight and your ability to lose weight. So if it's not something that you've already considered, then definitely go away and have a look, uh, particularly focusing on, on fish oils, have a look at the the options out there to introduce that into the diet. We could talk a lot about uh, the different foods and the consumption of foods, but there are so many areas to consider and so many options to try and limit and options to try and introduce. Clearly, oily fish is, is one quick win, but I think introducing an omega-3 fish oil into the diet would be a great first start to help with the efficiency side of getting more of these levels into the diet, into the body. And no doubt, if you're suffering from chronic discomfort, chronic pain, 
then introducing omega-3 into the diet is going to be an option to consider as part of your overall rehabilitation strategy. Like we said in the previous episode on, on AS, when the time to diagnose that condition is so long, why wouldn't you look at the other options to try and contribute to recovery or certainly disease control in that instance? And the same can be said specifically with omega-3. So take a look at the information out there. Do your research. Don't be afraid to ask the companies that you're looking to purchase these products from a series of questions around the omega-3 and the benefits and the sustainability of it because all those things are important when you're looking to to pay for supplements like this but it's important to get it right and not just introduce something and think you're being proactive when actually the effects from what we've said today could be adverse or, or certainly not as optimal as we we would like so a lot of information that that could be covered a lot of studies that could be discussed a lot of detail that could be discussed around the physiology, biochemistry of this area, which is beyond the realm of this kind of introductory episode. But we really felt that it would be beneficial just to talk about this subject, talk about the, the, the benefits that we're starting to see from introducing it ourselves. And from what you're saying, Jacob, you're advising a lot of patients now. This is part of your treatment strategy for helping your patients in, in the clinic as well. Absolutely. Um and it's interesting. I've I've got a number of people already on the fish roll for a while now, and I generally get from almost everyone very good and positive feedback. And sometimes, you know, the, the most interesting things, uh, you know, better focus, or for the first time, I I, I can see better in a few years, or uh, I sleep better, my energy is better, and and I tend to especially prescribe it to people who are chronically fatigued or someone who's got Crohn's or, you know, bowel problems, autoimmune problems. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm very enthusiastic about the product and uh, I'll certainly keep taking it. It's part of my diet. And, uh, yeah. So there you have it, guys. It's uh, it's becoming part of Jacob's own personal health strategy but also as part of his treatment strategy for patients and as i said previously why wouldn't you consider it as part of your rehabilitation strategy your overall health because this has really got to be the focus i think we're not just talking manage pain manage back pain specifically we're looking at how can we optimize your health how can we help you get better be better feel better and omega-3 is clearly one area of focus for everybody to consider, particularly, as we say, the impact it can have on so many uh, diseases and chronic inflammatory problems that we're starting to see more and more frequently in society today. Uh, we're living more stressful lives. We're living busier lives. We've got to look after ourselves as part of that journey as well. So go and have a look, go and have a read. Thanks again for listening. And as always, we'll catch you again on the next show. 